Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 96, presented by Parse Rum. Brought to you by Parse Rum, presented by Parse Rum. I said Parse Rum before. You could say Parse Rum. Rum. Parse Rum. 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 Nice job, Ian. I'm proud of you for remembering. Thanks, guys. Uh, We have a very special episode because it's brought to you by Parse Rum, just like every other episode, every other episode. Every episode is special, but this one, Zach got a guest. You guys Robbie, Grossman, Robbie Grossman joining the pod. You guys got to let me flap my wings. Let me fly. Let me use my resources. I'll get let some me guys. see the numbers that ended on the Twitter poll, but I voted on the Twitter poll. It said like Zach promised he would get a guest and I voted no. I also voted no. Yeah, I also voted hey, no. 52, 52% no, 48% yes, yeah. 352 votes. So. But you did it, but you did it. We need People in our faith in you. What else is new? Doubted my whole life. That's hilarious that we all voted no. I'm not. Got up to 59 at one point. I felt bad for Zach when it was like it was like. You're like I might try to revote. Well, the best part it almost didn't happen. True. Can I just say that Robbie is? He had a year, uh, such an overlooked year last year. 2020 in the show is fucking sick. With 20 doubles, hitting leadoff, playing every day. 156 games, almost over 700 played. That's a that dude had a fucking year. He almost had 100 walks too. I think 96. I saw. He's Dealing with Zach, like, talking to him every day. He, he never really shows emotion, and him chasing 2020 and like when he got it, we were in Chicago for the last weekend, and you can just tell like he was a little kid again, like how excited he was, and it's it was like really cool to, cause I'm pretty close with him. And like to see him go through that, like all year and grind through it was just like, that's pretty sick. That's cool. And that's a dude who's playing every fucking day. No offense to the go Tigers, but you guys, your record wasn't great. And he was playing every, <laughs> whoa, 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 ricochet shot, ricochet. What were the, weren't the records pretty similar between us? Oh, and the no, I can tell you the Cubbies record was brutal. Okay. Not a ricochet shot, hey, but that hey, dude grind that dude grinded every day. I'm saying it's not easy every day in September when you know you're out of it because the White Sox ran away with the division, to, and you're not even cl- the wild card was you know decided early to like go out there and grind your bag off, play every single day, lead off, not ask for days, still play 156. Like that's so that's I a got- baseball player that is so overlooked today. Two things there, like when you said not asking for days. There was a few days this year where he got pulled in like the fifth inning when we were getting, it was like a really just out of hand game. And he was like legitimately pissed. Like he apologized to whoever went in. He's like, Hey man, like I, I didn't ask for this. And we're like, Robbie, dude, you have literally played like 55 in a row. Like relax. Just being a pro. It's being a fucking right. pro. And him again, back to his year, he is somebody who like, you can learn so much from him. Cause there was times this year where he was, you know, close to you know jumping off a cliff but no matter what he did not stay out of his approach you know like you said he almost had 100 walks where no matter what his 0 for 4 feeling was only 0 for 2 with two walks and no matter what he was taking his walks he wasn't trying to swing his way out of it and it was really impressive to watch as somebody who is you know you, you paid attention to and you're like hey he is not like moving his approach whatsoever he's one of those dudes that you know, he's going to get overlooked. He's been overlooked his whole career. But, you know, if you're building a team, that guy's going to be out there every fucking day grinding. 
he's he's an asset. And the other thing is, if you have a young team with young dudes, you watch that guy go grind his bag off every day and show guys how to play. Like that's what I'm saying. Like for him to take care of me the way he did and like make sure no matter what, like if the bus is at one, he's texting me, hey, 1230 Uber, I'll meet you downstairs. You know, like every single day, no matter what. And it was just he knew you needed it. That's let's put it that way. No, but he's somebody who like we joke around how I'm crazy, but like he enjoys it just as much as you know one of us do, and it's cool. Like he's been around for a while, and he's like I said, he's at the field early every day, and he wants to be there and wants to help guys. His, I meant to bring this up, I fucking forgot, but he he had an interview when he signed, and his main thing was trying to help younger guys, and just no matter without any knowing anybody, they're like, oh, you know what, what made you. You know, what was so appealing about coming here and like what what do you bring? And he was like, My main goal is to help obviously the team win and then to show and provide an example of how to go about stuff for the younger guys. And that's what he did every day. Yeah, he's got I guess if he if he had six plus have he got probably seven plus now service time, but he's nine different nine different C parts in nine seasons, but seven plus service time. It's really cool. Yeah. Can we I want to get to his interview because it's really, really good. You guys want to yell about the Hall of Fame. So I want to give you the platform right now to yell about the Hall of Fame, please. What a you guy. don't you don't want to get me started. It's ridiculous. I, I'm giving you the platform right now to yell. We could be it all here all night because it's hey, I, gotta I said it on last week's episode. I said it on last week's episode. I literally said if Big Poppy gets in and Barry Bonds doesn't disavow the whole Hall of Fame. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke now. I I don't view the Hall of Fame as anything worth anything anymore. It's a joke. Spin zone here. MLB did it, so they know that everybody would talk about MLB, so they got some spotlight on them. That's, you'd, that's get, you'd get everyone talking if you put Barry Bonds in. He's the yeah. best hitter of all time. No, you can't I, spin it. You literally cannot spin it. I have two things. One is, did any reporter, writer who had a vote come out and explain why they voted for Poppy but not? No not one? that I saw. Okay, number two. It literally does not make sense. Number two. Poppy had a great career. He's unbelievable. I don't want to take away from him because he deserves it. But he had a positive test. No, he didn't. Yes, oh, he yeah. did. I don't think it, it wasn't a MLB test. Okay. He was, All right. It wasn't he was before. I don't think he had a positive test. We're not put allegedly. I did cocaine, not but the cops didn't test me positive for cocaine, so I didn't do cocaine. Like, what <laughs> do you mean? Put, like, he did fucking roids. We're so not putting bonds. it out there. Allegedly. In, they're all in. Roger Clemens should be in. Sorry. Sorry, Ian. I'm sorry. I told you I'm going to get heated. I'm sorry. Go. I'm sorry. Wait, I, have another, I have another thing. My other thing was, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a legends committee that can put these guys in next year, correct? Is it next year? I thought they had to wait like down. I thought it was usually like old, old guys. I like, thought they had um, to go. I thought it was like, oh, you had to um, like um, are you researching um, this? What's going on? What, what do you want me to research? What are you doing? Are you, oh my are, you, are, you, are you searching Twitter? I, I, I had to look something up for something else. What, what, what do you For who? Not for us in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> what, what would you like, sir? Tell me how the Legends Committee works for the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's by era. I believe it's like a mixture of players and coaches. I can try to get uh, more information. When can when can these guys be voted in by next the year, Next year. Next year. Uh, okay. Thank you. Um, That's all I need to know. Yes. Thank you for thank you for joining us for a second. You can go back to whoever you're responding to. So, because of this stink that was put up this in the last two weeks, week, whatever, the 
they're get they're getting in. There's no way they're not they're getting left out now, right? They're getting in. I, I it don't just know. in the and it's all because so don't get me wrong, if Big Poppy never had any Royd talk around him, I probably don't argue this as much. But it's also I saw a tweet and it was like the the smartest thing I've seen someone say about the whole thing. The Hall of Fame is about the history of the game. In the history of the game, you're not putting in the best hitter of all time and the pitcher with the most, I think Clemens has the most Cy Youngs of all time, doesn't he? Like That's seven. I can't imagine away, anyone has more than that. You're taking away two of the best to ever play the game in this Hall of Fame, which is literally a museum. So, like, you, you go to the Hall of Fame to learn about baseball. Two of the best players aren't there. Pete Rose is in there. Three of the best players aren't there. Like, it blows my mind. But, like, do you – Someone said, like, do you even have, like, a separate hallway or, like, an asterisk next to it? Like, hey, played in the steroid era. But it's, like – But you could add up. you could add so many guys to that. That's what – that's what, and, like, in the 80s when they're taking greenies and coke, like you said, like – Exactly. Still part of it. You can't do it. Like, that's like, the thing. It's not just, like, the roid era. It's, like you said, like, the greenies and all that. Like, they were – there was different eras for all these different things. And it's, like – I mean, if you're putting anybody in that played in that era, put them all in. Tom, what would you like to contribute here? Uh, so the membership of the Today's Game Committee, which is what will come up next, does co- it comes up in cycles. It does happen to be their cycle next year. Consists of 16 members of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, executives and veteran media members. Uh, the Hall of Fame Board of Directors appoints the committee. Uh, the hard part about it and why guys have struggled to get in, it's only 16 people and you need 12 votes. So that's a really like we've seen guys who are probably deserving get left out in the past just because of, you know, if you have three people who vote against you, you're now you're only going to get one vote left. I mean, it's tough. I do really wonder how that's going to go. Um, I had one more thing on this before we move on to the interview. And it was about Barry Bonds. It was about the Hall of Fame. And now I'm really struggling to remember it. I was going to say, are you setting it like you building this up or are you just nope. did you forget hey, we can't, it? it sounded like you were like building it up. I was like, this better be pretty cool. We can give some more light to your tweet, which was that's a great what idea. it was going to be. It was going to be. I had a tweet that really popped off and my thought was it would be really cool for guys that played 10 plus years in the big leagues. Who like as part of like your pension vesting and doing the whole thing that you then get to vote on who makes it into the Hall of Fame. And there's some people that responded on Twitter and were like, you should make it 15 years. You should make it 20 years. Okay. You would, you wouldn't have anybody left. Okay. There's not, <laughs> There'd be no one's playing that it. long anymore. Okay. It would be fucking, you'd have Miguel Cabrera and Bryce Harper and John Lester would be the only guys voting for the trout will be in it eventually. Like, yeah, it's like, what, I, I can't even, I can't get into that. I don't but, think people realize how few, sorry, real quick, how few people get 10 plus years. Like it is a much smaller number than people would think. Maybe like it's maybe like five to ten dues a year that hit mm-hmm. that number. Well, that's also because of service time manipulation. I mean, that's also something different. Like, I mean, how many yeah. guys play ten years, and then how many guys actually get ten years of service time? Right? Well, that's that's why you were saying ten years of service time, right, Hap? Yes, you have to play at least. You have to play right now. The way things are set up, you have to play at least eleven, basically eleven full seasons to get ten years of service. Anthony Rizzo is a great example. Anthony Rizzo has to get two days of service next year to hit 10 years because that wasn't manipulated. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, well, it's because guys, 
guys still play to try to get to 10 years, like 10 years, is a huge milestone. So it's like hmm. guys continue, like they have the money to retire and like they have families, but they're like, I want to get to 10 years. Yeah. Guys are so grind. There's a bunch of guys who are at that eight, nine year mark. I mean, Robbie's going to be in that situation. You know, hopefully he goes out there and balls again and goes 2020 and gets another sick deal. But like, he's going to be on that cusp. He's going to have, you know, eight, nine years of time uh, and try to get another two year deal to take him over that mark. But it's just like, that's, you know, when you're grinding at like eight, nine years trying to get those last couple, uh, it's a toughie. I've seen a lot of guys kind of in that, in that window. Um, let's get to this interview. It was great with Robbie. It's going to be brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is bringing you this interview, okay? There's a lot of stuff to talk about with Manscaped. Who wants to have, start? Who I wants to start? They actually, actually got a very nice package from John Boy Media that's uh, full of Manscaped stuff. Do they have a oh, new I shampoo? Gonna, I was going to say, what's that got to do with Manscaped? Do they have a new shampoo? Somebody tell me. I don't know, but I use their... Hydrating use body their- spray. Hydrating body spray includes a premium deodorant. The light is still the best thing on the best feature that they have. They have two in one shampoo and conditioner. See, see, I told you two in one shampoo and conditioner and a free gift. Oh, this is the package. This is the ultra premium collection package. This is probably what I got. Ultra premium collection package, premium deodorant for your body, not just your balls, hydrating body spray. If you have tattoos or issues with dry skin, they have two in one of body wash. They have a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, plus a free gift. Three I'll packs tell you one of, thing. Three set of lip balm. I, I got to find that in the gift stump, in the in the package. Vitamin E, peppermint, eucalyptus oil. Ian, if I'm ever going to do the bathtub ad for Roman, I'm going to use Manscaped first. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> wow. What a, what a package. That People should be going and figuring out how to get this thing. That's nice. You get 20 premium off collection the hot off the shelves. Yeah. Stop Tom 20% off the code compound at manscaped.com 20% off free shipping with code compound at manscaped.com. I wanted people to really understand what they'd be getting themselves into. If they went to manscaped.com and put in the code compound to get 20% off. This is great. This is great stuff. I hope, uh, hope everybody's going to go check this out and don't forget about the, uh, lawnmower 4.0. Thing's got a light on it. I'm pretty sure it does. <clears throat> That's part. You're pretty sure. Let's get to the interview brought to you by Manscaped. This interview brought to you by Manscaped, manscaped.com, 20% off code compound. Interview with Robbie Grossman. Thanks to Zach for pulling through. Zach, you came through. We got a guest. Is this back to back guest now for us? Back to back guest and the it. first Go Tigers guest. Robbie Grossman joining the pod. Welcome. Thank you for being with us. Even though I can't believe Zach has like a friend to bring on the pod, huh? <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, anything for Shorty. Shorty's my guy. I need uh-huh. you. I need you to tell us how often Shorty was in the clubhouse watching like swing videos, watching videos of guys throwing across the infield. Maybe maybe taking hacks in the clubhouse when everybody else is just hanging out. Shorty's that guy that uh, if, if some crazy play happens or someone hits a home run, like he's going to show you. As soon as you walk in, he's going to be like, that guy's like, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? And they're like, yeah, Shorty, I saw that. And uh, no, but he's he's always he's always grinding on some kind of video or some something out there. 
See, you can't make it seem like that because you are just as bad as I am. Well, well you, first of all, you should... from, from anybody. Yeah, after you, you show up after I do. So when you get there, you're showing oh, up. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> because if I if I show up before him, I get the what did you fucking sleep here? Did you sleep here last night? I mean, no. used to, I think it, you think it used to be if you got there after a dude with nine years, you were fucking you're out. Yeah, you're sitting on the floor. Yeah, but Robbie still goes about it as if he has 15 days of service time because he's there doing whatever, chopping it up with whoever at 1243. I like to be at the field, Shorty. Zach, that's exactly what you would do when we played together. You're the first one at the field. I know. That's what I'm saying. So I get yelled at if I'm there at 1244. When I, I literally cannot get there any earlier. Like, the security guards are not there. There was, there was a rule. There technically was a rule. You weren't supposed to be there X amount of hours before the game. That's, That's true. I'll give them that. Following protocol. Your team guy, following protocol. Go ahead, Three Shorty. Start, ask, start, ask, start firing off questions. Yeah, no, I know no. you have some. You know, you know, we've talked a few times where, you know, you've been around for however many years, and you finally hit free agency. And you said it was just like, kind of a bittersweet time for you. You know, it's like you had choices where you wanted to go, but it wasn't really happening quickly. It was kind of far and few in between, but then it just kind of happened like that. Like, what was that process like? And to make it to that six years of service time, it's, it's tough. And when you get there, it it, it is bittersweet. You, you made it there. You get to choose. You get to see who actually likes you and who wants you a part of their team. And, uh, and, and, Thankfully, you get a couple options to go, but uh, man, it's a uh, it happens fast. It it takes a long time, but it does happen fast, and you have to decide what, where you're going to play the next year or a couple of years. At that point in your career, to actually hit six years, be able to choose a team had to be so different from the past points in your career and what it had been to then. Like that must have been such a different experience for you. Hundred percent, like a. Uh, you're you're about to go through something like that here here soon, but it's it's it is nice to know who wants you out there and who wants you to be a part of their team. But it, it is a stressful time of of deciding where you're going to play because you never have you've never had that option of doing that, and um, just making sure everything fits for you and, and you like being there and uh, who the coaching staff's going to be and it's all all kinds of things that go into it. I feel like the hardest part, and I've never gone through it, but like you're getting offered all this money at certain places, but it's like, well, I don't want to go to this place and sit on the bench. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, where can I go make the right amount of money and go and produce and play every day? For, for sure. And uh, what my, my whole thing was I wanted to go into a situation where I got a chance to play every day, where I had a chance to um, build on what I've done and, 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 and build on and maybe get another two year deal after that. And that was a big emphasis on, on where I was going to go and where I wanted to be. So did you did you sign a two year mm-hmm. up front? It wasn't a one with an option, right? It was a two. Two, no option. Yeah. So fucking great. And you came off that twenty twenty year where you were fucking raking for sixty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we only played sixty games, and I was I was <laughs> from day one of the season. I was like, I'm I'm feeling it, and I and it just it was one of those things that kind of like my bad day my my bad stretch only lasted a couple of days at a time instead of a week at a time. And, and I, I kind of rolled with it. And when the season, I was like, man, I, I wish I had another hundred games to put up some numbers. What was the biggest difference for you? 
like the last two years, like 23 pumps this year. Like, God damn. Uh, what was the biggest difference between, you know, early in your career and then, you know, having putting a couple of years together, hitting a bunch of homers? Getting to the getting to the field early with Shorty and hitting in the cage with them. That's what changed. Yeah, having sh- having Shorty show you swing videos or what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, great question. Uh early on in my career, I, I didn't know what kind of hitter I was. I thought I was just like, hey, hit the ball the other way into the gap. And and then then I ended up in Oakland and working with the hitting coach over there and and how to use the ground. And I get, I remember getting to spring training for the first time and everyone's hitting off this, off the low tee, like the very low tee. And I'm like, well, I've never done this before. And uh, it took me, took me a couple of weeks to kind of feel my way around it and, and master it. And then being around guys like Chapman and Olsen and, and Canna and, and the way they talked about swings and the way they thought about not even just hitting the ball hard every single time and where they wanted to hit it, it, it kind of correlated, like it clicked for me. And I was like, this is, this is what I need to do. And I, I dove into it on 2020. I, I learned a lot in 2019, my first year. And then 2020, I kind of just dove into it. And I was like, look, this is what I'm going to do. And, and uh, I, I tried to build on it last year. And even going, going forward, I'm going to do, do it even more. Hap, Hap, kind of the same for you, but like, as a switch hitter, is it interesting to talk to like both righties and lefties? And is it kind of different, like your approach from either side? Yeah. My, I mean, mine's way different uh, because like I treat as two different people, two different swings. Like my left-handed swing has so much more loft and like that low T deal for me lefty. Like that's a natural for me lefty. Like I wouldn't walk up to that T lefty and go, how do I get this ball in the air? But if I walked up to that T righty, be like, what are you, what are you going to do? Pound it in the ground? You hit the pitcher in the shins? I can do that with that pitch. But like actually getting, like elevating that pitch and getting it in the air is way different. So it's always interesting for me. Actually, I was talking to Riz today and he had a new drill that he's working on that was pretty cool. But like, it's always so interesting to hear what makes guys click because I know I've talked to some of those guys in Oakland, the way they talk about hitting, like hitting the ball hard in the air all the time. A hundred percent. And that was like one of the things they preached to me. It was like, what is your best swing? And, and then maybe like, Oh, double in the gap. No, no, my, my best swing left-handed is a home run into right center field. Like, yeah. why am I not practicing that as much as I can and trying to hit balls at that trajectory and hit them hard. And uh, just really diving into the stats over there. They're very, very analytical as we all know, but all I cared about is how many times you swung the bat and how hard you hit the ball every time you swung the bat. And I mean, if you break it down that that's simple and it was just a, it was a big, eye-opener of uh, just talking to the guys about what my approach should be up there every time I go, and it's to do damage. And especially in the game today, you don't. there's no hits on the fucking ground. There's no hits on the ground. There's no singles because guys are standing all over the place. And even, like, there's a lot of where the guys are positioned, a lot of doubles get taken away from you. So you better hit the ball over somebody's head, or you better hit it hard as fuck if you want to get it down in a gap because – these guys are flying around. You're playing the White Sox. They got three center fielders in the outfield when Eloy was down. It's like, what are we doing? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I'm a big believer in hitting the ball in the air now. And, but there, there is a fine line. And uh, there's a way to dial it back in and, and batting practice and, and in your early work. And that's something I'm really, like, honing in on right now and, and trying, to, trying to master that. But that is interesting. You think of your swing. I was going to ask you about switch hitting you think of your swing as two different swings on each side. See, I'm, I, I've, 
I am the opposite. I think I try to do the same thing on both sides. And uh, I was always told like, you can't do that. That's not the way to go about it. But that's I, I, for me, that's the easiest way I can feel things on both sides. But I, I admire that. And, and do you use the same bat on both sides? No. Wow, that's a great question. No, I don't. I'm a two different bats guy. I am a I'm a but I've messed around with it a little bit. So I've been using the same stick lefty since I came up. I came up in 17. I had an I-13 HL uh, 34. And I, I guess at that time it was 34, 32. I don't know why I thought I was so strong. I've kind of dialed that back. So it sits like in the 31 and a half range. But I've, I've used that model since I came up. And then actually two years ago, I started messing with righty bats. I had Marucci make me one a couple years ago. And it was an I-13, but it was a little different. And then last year slugger sent me like a ton of different models and i thought i wanted something that had more kind of like weight in the head and i swung a bunch of different ones i liked them never really got in a groove and then end of the year because i was it was you know we were kind of so far into it and i was playing every day i was like you know what send me some 31 and a half i was also struggling i'm sitting a buck fucking 60 so it wasn't hard to make a change and i was like send me send me the same thing 33 and a half like 31 and I started swinging that righty and raked for the last, you know, month right-handed. And that was like, that was a real eye-opener. Like, I will definitely, I will definitely keep that going. Have you always been the same back guy or do you used to? Man, I, I tried everything, but I was going to ask you, did you grow up switch hitting or did you start one side and then later on you, you hit the other side? Or how did, how did your switch hitting come about? I was eight when I started working on it. I need you to answer all these questions back to me. I love talking. To <laughs> I was, I was eight when I started working on it. My brother was six years older. So he was 14. Uh, and he didn't stick with it, but I did. So I just, I started working on it then. And then freshman year of high school, I actually had a little thumb injury summer, eighth grade, going to high school, had a little thumb injury uh, and could only hit lefty in like an AAU game. So I had an AB hit left on left, got a knock and was like, I think I can do this. So freshman year of high school, never looked back. I just, I switched it the whole time and it was kind of gross early, but developed. And then like junior high school, I found my pop lefties, hard hitting homers. And then it was good. When actually, when I got to college freshman year, coach was like, Hey man, you should only hit right-handed. You're not good enough lefty. And I was like, no, 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 I can do it. I really, I can do it. Wouldn't you say your left side's your stronger side now? The numbers would support that. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was always interesting talking to guys like how they got switching. And I, I think partly why I try to do the same thing on both sides is I was late to the party. Like I grew up left-handed throwing, right-handed hitter. And my, my dad, like, I don't know if you thought I was like Ricky Henderson or like, what, what the hell are we doing? Like, so like <laughs> when I was like 17, I like, like I always mess around in the cage, hit left-handed. So I was playing winter or winter ball, summer ball. And I told my coach like, Hey, I want to try switch hitting. And he's like, all right. And to his credit, he was like, if you do this, there's no going back. Like, you're, you're going to do this for as long as you play for me for the summer. And I was like, okay. Started. It was ugly first first couple months. But then, like, I, it was just another challenge. And uh, so I started late switch hitting. And I think that's why I, I try to copy copycat my swing so much just to feel it. So do, like, you have, do you have the same feels? Sure. You're not a switch hitter. All right. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe I, maybe I should fucking try. <laughs> uh, so yes and no. Like my, my lower half works better on my left side just because I throw left-handed. 
Meet but you. I do some things right-handed that I can't do left-handed, if that makes sense. And I'm, I'm sure you, you have maybe some, some, something like that the same. Yeah. I, my lower half works better lefty. And because I throw righty, I get really like top half hands heavy where my right hand really tries to take over righty. So it's a lot steeper swing right-handed and lefty a lot better plane. So that's like something I'm always trying to work on is getting that plane to kind of even out and not be so steep. Cause I'll get steep and cut balls righty. Like I don't have that same pop the other way, like lefty left center. I have a ton of pop and I just, I've to this point in my career have not been able to find that same pop right-handed the other way. Yeah. I think that's something so overlooked by uh, the non-switch hitters out there is like, first of all, how hard it is to do. And second of all, you, you do you do things on each side that are better than the others, and you have your weaknesses on each side, your strengths, but um, it's it, it's a tough gig. But going back to the bat I swung a couple years ago, I'm struggling at the time. My first year in Oakland, uh, I had, like, a rough month. And we're playing the Astros, and I was uh, – I, I go up to Brantley, and I knew him a little bit, and I was like, hey, Mike, like, give me, you send me a bat over? Like, whatever you're using is, is obviously working, and it's worked for a long time. Gave me a bat. We literally played an extra inning game that night. I was like, oh, for four with a couple punchies. Come up with like winning run on second, base hit, win the game. I've used the bat ever since. Same model, same everything. So that's, I'm going on like two and a half years now with that. That's a sick story. Zach, how jealous are you right now that you can't join in this conversation? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, my, my, complaining. no, but you know, they say, oh, yeah, you don't want, you know, people, People don't get that, you know, you have two different deficiencies on both sides. Like, yeah, you don't face somebody throwing 98 from here behind you. You always get a good matchup. Yeah, but you're swinging from the same side every day. Yeah, but I'm also facing guys throwing (laughs) literally behind me, moving from behind me to the other side of the plate. Zach, I think you've said before that if you had to work on two swings, your head would blow off. Like you wouldn't be. No, would one hundred percent. I don't know if Zach's mind. I would. In my next life, I'm going to be a switch hitter. Quick question, Happer. Your kid. Christ, you guys should have had your own podcast. Your kid (laughs) grows up, wants to be a pro baseball player, wants to follow in your footsteps. You let him switch hit, or do you not? I would. Okay. I would let him do it only because left on left is such a pain in the like you get you get labeled i mean you know what's fucked up i don't know if you've ever had this in your career but like even as a switch hitter sometimes you can get platooned like pretty oh, good uh, me in oakland yeah. which is yeah which is great doesn't make any sense but like you're almost guaranteed to get platooned now if you're left only until you like you, it's really hard to prove it right like it's it's hard to prove it as a switch hitter let alone as a lefty so like I would just make sure like if he wanted to switch in, I'd be like, all right, you can switch it. But like your left, your lefty swing better be pretty good. And then righty can just be like, you could supplement that. But like getting platooned is such a pain in the ass. If you're lefty only, that would really stink. I guess righties don't get platooned as much, but. No, we just have to wear it. Wear it. Would you? Would you let your kids switch hit or would you be like, nah, dog, focus on one? That's a lot. First of all, I'll never, I'll never let him be a left-handed thrower. You're just making the world hard on your hard That's on a tough yeah. yeah, but Unless um, you're a pitcher. It's literally like unless you're a pitcher, there's no exactly. advantage to being a lefty. Exactly. Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, I've always like I've always asked other switch hitters that question, and I've I've always wondered like what's their thoughts. Like, have they really? You, you find out who really have struggled with switching. I don't think I would. I would I would let them hit right handed and just get real good at it. Get, get good on one side. Just really dominate right. If you um, if you come up and you dominate as a right handed hitter, you're not getting platooned. If you come up as a lefty and you dominate, you're probably you're getting still getting platooned. Agreed. Until either if unless you're on a bad team and you got a chance to play every day no matter what, or uh, or you can prove it. But get those watching lefties get platooned is just so. I don't know. I've watched we've watched it so many times throughout the league. It's just brutal. So both of you guys walk a lot though. Does that does one side affect the other or like are you a? Because Robbie, I know you walk, like watching you this year. Like you know you walked a fuck ton. Like, Hap, I don't know. Do you walk? A, I know you walk a lot lefty. Do you walk a lot righty too? I'll go first because I'm not the guest. My first, uh, my early in my career, I did not walk as much righty. I made a lot of contact righty. Uh, and then the last two years, righty, I've started to walk a lot more, but I've really been focused on that's like been a huge focus for me. I've always walked a lot lefty. <sighs> I sure, you know, I think it's about the same from both sides, but I think it was more just a, a product of like what, what system I was in Pittsburgh when I was coming up and I always hit lead off coming through the minor leagues and they're like, Hey, look, you got to take pitches. And I was like taking two pitches just to start on a bat at, at some points in, in the minor leagues. And it was just like, I look back and I'm like, what, what the hell was I doing? But um, it did, it did make me recognize what pitches I can really hit hard. Is it tough? Is it tough mentally for the both of you when, like, say you're slumping lefty, but you're raking righty? Like, how do you really go about? Like, are you sitting there like, "Fuck, I hope they bring in a reliever that's throwing this or that," like, just so that you can hit a certain side? That's a good question. Do you have? Do you have like just one side leave you more often than the other, or do you have like? Uh... I get that question all the time. But I'd like to hear your answer, Robbie. It's like it's like which side, you know, which side do you like hitting from more? And for me, my answer is always like, I don't know. Ask me tomorrow. It changes every day. A hundred percent. That's how I feel. But um, I mean, I only hit right-handed till I was seventeen. So like, I feel like I I can take the most time off. Obviously, it helps me because we face less left less lefties. But I can take the more time off right-handed and still be able to. I'm I, I'm able to let the ball carry travel deeper on me right-handed and I can play it off my hands a little bit more, but left-handed, I have to put in more work, but I, my swing is better and I, and I use the ground better, but I feel like right-handed I'm a better contact hitter and left-handed I am a better, I have more pop and I can do more damage to the baseball, but it is day-to-day basis. And that's always something that you're juggling as a switch hitter. Yeah. For me, there's times that like the righty's really locked and like, I doesn't matter, but because you know, for the past six years, I've just seen so many more righties and gotten so many more left-handed at-bats. Uh, you know, I don't know if you look at my career splits, how many right-handed at-bats I've got. It's not even, you know, I don't think it's even 20%. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what were we going to say, Zach? Zach no, Zach's no. itching over there. No, I'm not. I'm done. I'm, it's nothing. I'm, <laughs> it's, it's a baseball it's podcast. It's tough to – to go back and forth because there's those days you go in the cage and you're facing a lefty and you, you the first couple of swings are left-handed. You're like, I'm locked in. And then you go right-handed and you roll the first couple over and you're like, uh-oh, like I wish a righty was throwing today, but then I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure a way to, to make it happen. Yeah. 
there's definitely been times during my career where I'm either I'm like oh for three with three punches lefty and they bring in a lefty reliever. I'm like, these fucking idiots. <laughs> You've done me such a favor. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Was back to the walking thing, Robbie. This is the most you've walked in your career. Was it something mechanical difference, or is just playing every day and not getting that platoon portion of your of the game? I think more so just playing every day. When I was in Oakland, I I just platooned. I just hit yeah. righties, and uh, and hopefully I like during the game I, if I swung the bat well enough, and they brought in a lefty reliever, I would face that lefty reliever. And then hope in in hope of a righty coming back in, but um, the walk thing is just something that is, that is kind of built on itself, and and just realizing what pitches I can really hit hard, and uh, and that's 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 what I got on that. Got it. I, I got a I got a question on the career. I'm looking at your numbers right now. You raked. I mean, you're better, but there's the first time you played. Over 140 games this year. Was it injury stuff, or was it you were just literally grinding through platoon situations? Just grinding through what platoon. Are and, what are we doing in baseball? And uh, I don't know, but lucky enough, I got like that was my big thing when I got the free agency. It was like find a place where you can play every day, and uh, that was a really big deal for me. And, and going to Detroit, and they gave me every opportunity to play every single day and uh, show what I could do on a on a on a larger scale than maybe playing a hundred, 120 games a year. For, so for that in 2020 in Oakland, 51 games, were you playing every day? I mean, I didn't play against lefties. I just put two in. And, and then my only right-handed bats would come against lefty relievers. But you got in there, did you get in there late if they had a righty throw and you got like one at bat late? Yeah. 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 Oh God. How, it's, it's, uh, just, it's amazing. Like you just let, you let a dude play every day, puts to the best numbers of his career. It's a fucking shocker. Blowing everybody's mind. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, how big, you know, you're speaking of coming to AJ. Detroit and making that that pick. Like, how how much of a factor was AJ? You know, you played you played for him a little bit coming up your first year, I think you said. Um, but, like, when you looked at it, were you like, yeah, AJ, like, I'm going there? Uh, I, like you said, I had a relationship, a previous relationship with AJ. I played with him in two, 2015, the first year he got the job in Houston. And uh, just the way he treated guys, the players, and, and how people respected him, and how people um, just interacted with him. And I was like, and when he got the job in Detroit, I was like, this is this is gonna be very interesting. And uh, when they when they let me know that they wanted me to be a part of it, I was like, you know what, this this is the best situation for me. Um, I can go there. I know who. I know the manager. It's not me walking into a completely new situation. Like I at least know someone who's who's running the show over there. And uh, it worked out great for me and, and get to be on this podcast with you, Shorty. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Does Zach, like, just chew your ear off every day with questions? I know. It's great. We have uh, – in our clubhouse, we have a great time. And uh, he just needs to work on his ping pong. That's the one thing he should be working on this offseason. That's surprising because Zach no, 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 isn't no, 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 good no, no. at, like, a Robbie, game. Robbie, let's – your nose is growing. Let's tell him what the real story of our <laughs> ping pong – I mean, if, if you, if no, you want to see a grown man crumble, Texas. you want to see a grown man crumble, beat Shorty in some ping pong. <laughs> is he going pout in his locker after? I mean, it is. It is epic. He's a competitive no. guy, and he's, no. he's he's good at the silent treatment when he loses. What has happened was you beat me in Texas, 
really badly, like three games, three days in a row. And we came home and I don't think you even made it till 10 points for the rest of the year. I was trying to build you up the rest of the uh, year. Oh, see, you know what? I was, I was trying to try and put you in a good spot every day and not just come to the field and get beaten ping pong the first thing you do. <laughs> That's just a team guy. That's a team guy making sure that you're in a good headspace. No. I uh, I will say, though, you know, Robbie was great, you know, to me this year, especially, you know, being an older guy and making sure that we were always – I was always in that first Uber with him on the away games, uh, you know, always taking me from – the field to the hangar when we were flying somewhere. And even though, uh, I, you know, he didn't take the losses as bad as I did. Cause if he beat me and I was driving him, he would have been walking or Ubering to the hangar. I got a, I got a question about this year. Looking at your, I'm looking at your stat line, 20 doubles, 20 plus pumps, 20 bags. Was there any, was there any count and like, like bats and plate appearances? Was there any like counting stats you had this year where like when you got there, you were like, that's fucking cool. Like when you got like 600 plate appearances or, you know, 20 bags, 20 home, like, or any of those numbers, like that's really fucking cool. The the 20 home runs was, was definitely like something I, like I always wanted to do it and I knew I could, I just like, it was just getting the opportunity at the end of the day. And when I got there and then got down to like the last month and I need like, four more bags. And I was like, man, this is going to be a grind. Um, but, but luckily I, uh, I snaked a couple and, and got there. And when, at the end, I was like, man, 2020 is cool. That's something I'm not, it, it, uh, I'll always remember. Yeah. I can't the take best, that away from you. It's fucking awesome. The best part about Robbie hitting 20 homers was, you know, there was a few guys on our team who did like the arrow coming around second base, like when you hit the homer and, you know, scope was huge on it. Akil was huge on it. Miggy, you know, was huge on it. And everybody tried to get Robbie to do it, and he wouldn't do it no matter what the situation was. So we were just like, Robbie, what do we got to do to get you to do it? And he goes, when I hit fucking 20 homers, I'll, I'll, I'll do the arrow. So he hits his 20th, and everybody is on the top step just doing this to him, and he finally did it. And everybody lost it. It was it was so good. Just for, it hurt him so bad to do it. <laughs> so, so bad. Good. I mean, it did, it did hurt, but I, I promised you guys I'd do it. So I did it. It, it just, it, it's something that I can, I can never, I don't know. Maybe I just came, I came into pro baseball at a different time. And like, it's just like, I, I, I don't mind when people do it. I just, I can't see myself doing it. If that makes sense. Like I just can't bring yeah. myself to do it. And that's, that's the hardest part for me. I'm the same way. I can't, that's really hard for me to like, like, yeah, like guys look cool and they do stuff like that. I just like can't physically get myself to do it. It's very hard for me to show emotion on the baseball. I didn't. Exactly. I only did That's it. how I am. I, I tell Shorty all the time, like, act like you've done it before. And then I'm like, well, I guess you maybe never have. So I didn't do it on my first homer and I, I did it on my second one was because it was kind of like a big situation. And I struck out four times the games, four times a game before. And then my first two times in the next game. So it was six straight punch outs. So when I hit the homer, I was like, I am throwing this fucking arrow so far out of the stadium. And that was the last time I did it. I had to earn the, the other ones. And that's Is that it. when you went off of Valdez? That, that was my first one. The second one was oh, in yeah, Texas, was the one to left that center. A, that was a big boy home run, Shorty. Yeah, you know, Comerica, Apple. Are you pumped right about the – are the fences being moved in at Comerica this year? Or is that still just like a rumor? I mean, I, I hope to God so, but I, I just, <laughs> believe I, it when you see it. I, yeah, you might I'm be getting to 30 if they move those in. Uh, 
it's I mean Comerica's huge. I think there was like what was there four home runs uh, total home and away teams in all this last year. So the one with the Miggy one was like four twenty one or four twenty two. It would have been a grand slam to take the lead in the eighth inning, and like he gets back and I mean he's dealt with it for. 20 years just fucking feel oh and like i'm kind of like smirking to myself like miggy you have 500 home runs man it's okay yeah the only the only like no doubter to center field is is josh donaldson just no and then harold remember harold's harold's like 450 yeah but donaldson had a laser donaldson was just like it was like i want to say it was less than 25 degrees he's about so hard speaking of speaking of big boy homers you hit one against us this year that was fucking Way back. Was it died? Yeah. Was that it? Where was that? Your place? Mm-hmm. I, I believe so. It was uh, in Comerica. I, I was playing center, I think. If I remember this correctly, I had just come back. I just came off the DL and I was playing center. And it was kind of late in the game. Maybe it was late in the I don't know. You hit the ball and I didn't. I was like, holy fuck. I didn't even move. It's just like, oh my god, like way back. Yeah, I finally, I finally caught that sinker out in front from Arietta. <laughs> so you got to do. People tell you to hit sinkers the other way. That's messed up. You can't do it. You got to get the head out in front of the sinker. Get in the air. Oh no, I, just, uh, just, just hit it. Just stay inside the sinker. Oh, that's a good way to roll it over, my friend. Exactly. I, I got one more. Um, you know, today we were talking about Otani going on the cover of the show. When we played him this year and we got back in the locker room, how in awe was every single person on our team when we faced him? Yeah, because we got a bunch of young guys on our team. Like, if you played against him the last couple of years, you're, he's in the same league as Trout where they just need to make another league for those guys so they can go play. But, um, I, <laughs> yep. mean, I mean, Otani, if you can run like that, obviously pitch and hit. And, and when he pitched against us, I faced him when he's really good. I, f- I faced him when he's just been okay. But – like us this year, we faced him and he was like 92, 94. And I was like, we're going to get this guy today. Like, we're going to get this guy. Every time he had a big situation, a big pitch, 100 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour. I'm just like, this guy's just playing with us now. Like, he's just, he was laughing us. about it too, like, legitimately laughing on the mound in like the sixth and seventh inning. He was sitting 98 and he just had like a smirk on his face the whole time. And we're I mean, just in the dugout and like, everyone's like, is this guy fucking serious? They hit one about 118 out to right field. Yep. He, do, he, he really does need another league. He's just uh, – he's playing a kid's game where everybody else is grinding their bag off. <laughs> yeah. And, he, yeah, the fact that he runs as fast as he does is ridiculous. He deserves to be on the cover of the video game, all right? I saw I something. They, they – MLB could have had a perfect opportunity to put – you know how it's the show. They could have just time. put, like sh- – Showtime or, or like the SOH or SHO instead yeah, of but that's, the show. That's dangerous. Like changing the whole name of the game. Though, Just the whole for one year. Franchise. For one year. One year. Or put like W in parentheses. I mean, it would be sick, but it's you're dangerous. Come on. I wonder if he, I wonder if he has some sort of, wonder if he's got some sort of rights on that too. It's his last name. It might've had to, but yeah. had to really pay him out the ass for something like that. If it's true. Maybe not. Maybe not. Just trying to play devil's advocate for Sony. <laughs> Robbie Homer off Arietta, 442-109. Smoked. Telling you, look up that video. Smoked. 
We just snuck out of America. <laughs> <laughs> there's not there's not that many balls that are hit there that you don't move on. So for to to hit a ball there that was like a no doubter, like that is fucking demolished. That's one of those homers where the pitcher comes back in and he's like, "Fuck, that was hit hard." Those are better as a pitcher, though. It's better when they really get you. Like, the ones that are cheapies that just get out, those will piss you off. It's like, he didn't even get that. But if they get all of it, you're like, all right, like, okay, shit on it. It's fair. You got me. Sure. You got anything else for Robbie, or can we let him go? I'm good. I'll let him go. I'll wait till until a few weeks. Yeah, you'll really annoy him enough in about a month. Yep. I, got, I, got, I got one for you guys. Who's, who's winning the Super Bowl? Rams. I'm a Lions guy, so I'm rooting for Stafford. But I feel like I did see this tweet. So it was a tweet that said, like, this has to be the most likable quarterback matchup of all time. 100%. Like, I don't think anyone could be upset with either team. I would, I would find it hard to see Burrow not completing this run that he's on. Could you fucking imagine? Oh my God, dude. He barely played last year. They had four wins and they go, that it just proves to every team, no matter what you do, you can win the next year. And but the thing it, it proves everybody your quarterback's all that matters. 100%. You get a stud quarterback, you any team can win. Well, yep. Stafford Stafford was just grinding his bag off hey. in Detroit, losing a hundred hey. games a year, and now he won't. Well, all right, you got me there. That's a good point, <laughs> Robbie. Who do you got? I'm a big Joey B guy. I want the yeah. Bengals to win, but I think I think LA's got too many stars. I think it's going to be tough for that line, the Bengals line, to stop uh, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Might have Von Miller. Aaron Donald was looking so scary at the end of that game. Oh my god! When he was screaming at their at the defense too, you're just like, "Yep." Oh, and they said that that was so sick. They said like on the broadcast, they're like, "Aaron Donald doesn't usually talk, but when he does, every single person listens." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'd listen to him." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He can tell me whatever. I'll do it. If he told me to only hit right hand for the rest of my career. So, so you're saying Zach Wilson, there's a chance for Shorty or what? Hey, the Jets did beat the Bengals this year. So did the Bears. <laughs> so did the Bears. That's fine. Hey, Jets had four wins this year. Bengals had four wins last year. You get a second-year quarterback next year. The stars align. That's all I'm saying. I might wear my Zach Wilson jersey to camp first day this year. Who says no? You won't. No, you're right. Oh, I won't. You will not. If you got, I was like, I don't know if you got enough uh, <laughs> time for that yet, Zach. No. Right, I won't. You don't have the plums for that. Nope. That's you'd walk in and AJ Hinch would be like, "What the fuck are you wearing?" Yep. He would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. This was great, man. We'll check in again during the season when you're fucking 15 pumps in at the break. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, anything for Shorty. But uh, it's nice to meet you guys and uh, hopefully we can catch up and uh, talk some more switch hitting. For sure, brother. Thank you. No Thank problem. you, Robbie. No problem. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again. See you, man. That was Robbie Grossman presented by Manscaped. Don't forget 20% off Manscaped. Code compound, manscaped.com. That was the Manscaped interview of the day. Just kidding. That was only for this one time. We'll see if they ever come back to us with another one after that. Interview of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That was awesome with Robbie. It was great. That was the first time I've really had a long conversation with him. He also, I forgot to say this in the interview, but he reps the number eight. So we're like eight buddies. We're like switch hitting eight buddies. Zach, you know what I just thought of? Verbal meme. 
for us getting back-to-back weeks of a guest like the look at us who would have thought who would have thought look at us hey tom that's a that's an idea for you to do on the twitter maybe that'll get some love steal it from dakota so he can't tweet it and get love damn it that's true well, I'd, rather go to the, I'd, I'd rather go to the compound anyway whenever that whenever the compound comes out you should tweet whenever the episode comes out tweet the link to the episode look at us that'll be a good tweet will do not you tom dakota should do it yes sorry yes, not sir. you don't steal it tom it's rude yes sir i'll do it it's almost as rude as sitting there on your phone when, you're, when we're recording yes yeah, it's a good point all right we've this has been a long episode there's been a lot going on let's get to the screen time but you know what i have to say about screen time we got a big we got a big announcement big announcement huge for the compound Massive. huge we have a sponsor for screen time sloan screen time sloan valve our favorite chicago company they i don't know if everybody knows this we've been to mesa you know sloan park there sloan stadium what is it stadium park what is it park sloan park sloan park sloan park they have the their their name on the spring training facility they do a lot of stuff with us in az but chicago based it's uh it's an awesome place it's out in the burbs i can't remember where uh but if you go if you're at any if you're at a stadium if you're going to the bathroom chances are it's a sloan toilet and some sloan flushers and some sloan some Sloan valve uh, faucets. They're doing it all. I, everyone has, every guy at least has seen the logo Sloan before on a urinal. 100%. Yeah. Or next on a, you, even on a faucet. Next, next time you go wash your hands, see if it's yeah. a Sloan. It's the very first thing Zach said. He said, I've stared at that a million times every time I went to pee at uh, the facility in Mesa. Yep. Uh, so we're really excited for Sloan to come on and uh, do the Sloan screen time with us. So every, every, this is a big one. Episode. Like, who's going to lose the first Sloan screen? Yeah, time? first Sloan screen time. Every episode from here on out, we're Sloan. We're Sloan screen time. I have a feeling Tom's going to lose. So uh, let's do. I our- was nervous. I'm really glad we don't record on like like yesterday. Like I was texting nonstop about the games because they were so nuts. So I'm glad we do uh, Mondays. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Five 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 hours five minutes. Four forty three. Damn it, Tom. 517. What was that? 517. <laughs> ah, couldn't beat me. 359. So 459. 459. So Zach wins. wins. You won, but let's not forget the best that Tom part. Lost. The best part is every time we say Ian's an hour behind, we just assume that the very next hour is going to be complete screen time. Completely and totally on my phone. You don't think it is? That's yeah, true. It's Can I point. just say? Can I just say that this Sloan screen time has been my favorite screen time we've ever done? It's mine as well. We actually have. All right. Two, two more things before we go. Uh, obvious shirts is going to do. A store. We're lo- oh, they have a new store. We're looking and you're wearing at, them right now. I'm wearing them and they made this app. Sorry. Obvious shirts is going to do a Sloan screen time shirt for us. That's going to be really cool. And then we have a new Parse. Uh, shirt coming out with obvious shirts so when those two things come out we'll talk about it but we're gonna go to obviousshirts.com we're gonna get some shirts and you can go to the store once the season starts actually i don't know when they open maybe ian will know when they open i don't know when they open at sloan park with sloan screen time shirts Ooh, ooh, 
That's a they good call. They should sell those right outside the stadium. They should be oh, maybe maybe I'll be slanging time. those outside the stadium during spring training. Just hand it out, hand it out. Slow so, sorry, Rossi, shirts. I can't play today. I gotta I gotta go slang some be, shirts. I gotta slang work. a couple of shirts. I can't play until I sell fifty shirts. That's the rule. Uh, all right. This has been a great episode. I really enjoyed that interview. I can't wait until people hear it. Um, you you enjoyed that episode, that interview more than Zach. Yeah, could for ever. sure. Yeah, we're boys now. Uh, don't forget to go to Benny's in Illinois and get your parse and rum, um, rum. I don't. Did you ever? Did you ever find it in uh, New York, Tom? No, you didn't. You didn't tell me where it was. If you tell me oh. where it is, I'll, I'll go find it. That's that actually is my fault. I'm a bad person. I, I'm, I'm not, gonna have I'm not to feeling uh, Tom's attitude though. Tom is pissed at us right now. Tom's had a long week. I think he. I think they were grinding on. They just had the playoffs. He's he's can't, been grinding. Can't say that. Got to cut it. All right, edit it out, Tom. Damn it. Good more work for Tom. I <laughs> got him. <laughs> All right, I'm going back. I'm going back. Hold on. Let me restart. This. Uh, Parse Rum in New York is at Post Wines, Sherry Layman Wine and Spirits, Rye Book. Wine and Spirit Shop in America's Wine Shop. Uh, that's in Rye Brook, not Rye Book. But it yeah. says book on the site, so suck it. Can you repeat that, that for all the people that live in New York? Repeat it for all of our nice New York listeners. Post Wines, Sherry Layman Wine and Spirits, Rye Brook Wine oh. and Spirit Shop, and then America's Wine Shop. So if you're in New York and you're looking for Parse, replay that five times and go to a where wine is. shop. If you're in New York looking for Parse, go to a wine. If shop. you're if you're in Texas, Specs, uh, Total Wine, we have a Total Wine near you, and uh, and Benny's in Illinois. This has been a great episode, episode 96, uh, 96 of the Compound 96. Podcast, presented by Parse Rum. We'll see you next week. Maybe we'll have three guests in a row. Ever seen a turkey? A little bowling turkey? A little golf? Three birdies in a row? Maybe three guests in a row for the compound? When I say parsley, you say rum. Parsley. Rum. 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 rum.